Before we begin, I would like to invite our listeners to participate in an upcoming workshop designed to help you understand yourself by making a deep connection to your past and future lives. The workshop is called Your Past is Present, Dowsing Your Connection to Other Lifetimes. The workshop will be conducted over two days on October 1st and 2nd over Zoom, and each student will receive newly designed dowsing charts and protocols that will allow you to make an emotional and experiential connection to your other lifetimes. For more information, please visit vitalbioenergetics.com and click on the workshops tab. And now for today's podcast. Welcome to High Vibes with your host, Bill G. At High Vibes, we're looking into what it means to be a fourth-dimensional being in an ever-changing world. We hope that by listening to our podcast, you can feel a greater sense of peace and connection as we collectively raise our energetic vibration to the next level. And now, for today's podcast. Hello and welcome to High Vibes. I'm your host, Bill G. And today's special guest is Rose Bogus, who is a certified whole health educator and integrative lifestyle practitioner who's been offering comprehensive lifestyle education and healing modalities to her clients since 2000. She possesses an extensive knowledge of energetic and healing modalities for all levels of well-being. Uh, She was first called to this field after having experienced a series of chronic symptoms, which included asthma, fatigue, mold exposure, environmental chemical sensitivities, insomnia, and and hypothyroidism. Her lifelong interest in holistic healing empowered her to overcome these health challenges and propelled her into creating a practice in energy healing and medical intuition at Energy Matters LLC, integrating over 20 years of education and training. So Rose, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bill. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. So Rose, you would classify yourself as a medical intuitive. So for the people in the audience who doesn't, not quite sure what all that means, could you just give us a bit of a background about what kind of services you provide for your clients? So a perfect example would be of a medical intuitive is someone with a strong anatomy and physiology background. And therefore, when we are channeling and tapping in with our spirit guides and the client's spirit guides, we get messages as to what's going on with that person and whatever the situation is where the body's at disease. All right. Very good. So what got you started into uh, doing medical intuitive uh, work? Health challenges that I have encountered lifelong. I've had a lot of health issues um, that would be considered kind of benign or whatever, but I never felt awesome. So I was on a journey trying to feel well, feel better, feel stronger, and started collecting curriculums, basically thinking everything was the answer. And after a while, you get enough information that things evolve. And then I realized probably around when I was 40 that I was psychic. I always thought that I just knew things and didn't really realize that I was psychic. And that's when it really, the doors really started to open. That's when I started seeing energy, started seeing aura, 
um, started taking classes to learn how to correctly dialogue with the body, with the organs. And it just escalated into um, being able to hear spirit, give me the answer and to ask the right question for the client to reveal through themselves the right answer for whatever was ailing them. In uh, dowsing, that's one of the things that we're always uh, struggling with is asking the right question. Uh, uh, my, my friend Sandy Escrow, who's the president of the American Society of Dowsers, always phrases it like, mm -hmm. if you ask the question, is it going to rain today? The answer is generally going to be yes. The real question is, is it going to rain here today? Because somewhere, somewhere is, is going to, it's going to rain. And so what you want to know is, is it going to rain here where I am right now? Or is it going to rain on my head today? But again, the question is not quite clear enough because if you have an umbrella, the rain is not going to hit you on the head. Mm -hmm. So we talked a little bit about this before the show about phrasing the right question. And I, and I loved how um, you answered that question. So uh, can you uh, kind of elaborate on that a little bit about um, the, the training that you received about asking the right question? So through Upledger Institute, which is one of the places that I was trained, and then also alternative, the American Society of Alternative Therapists was another place uh, that I trained. And the basis of that training was for me to have an understanding of a word or words for the symbols of those words so that I could phrase them correctly in a sentence to ask a question to get the exact answer. So it's a form of an extraction that you get and you develop with time over asking questions over and over. Right now in my life, I am intuitive enough with my guides that they actually give me the question or it would be more so that I'm actually able to understand their language, which then you know portrays into my ears as English. And I can ask the exact question um, as to what's going on with someone. Can you give me an example of the symbolatry of a, of a particular word? Yep. All right, so one word that comes to me right away is one time when I was in advanced craniosacral, so it's a week-long curriculum where you know, you're working around the clock in therapy sessions, and that's just part of the protocol that you're tired, you're worn out, but you're working. And someone was on the table, and I don't know how the, how the conversation evolved, but she was discussing how she loves ice cream. And so you hear the word ice cream and you say, oh, that sounds fun or delightful or yummy. But actually what she was really saying is I scream, I scream, not ice cream. And so when you broke that in, then you turned around and you phrased it to her, which you kind of catch them off guard because she's thinking of ice cream, but you catch her subconscious off guard and you say, what are you screaming about? Why do you scream? I scream, what is that? All of a sudden, it brings her into an epiphany of an event that took place in her life that was obviously very traumatic. And then you take it from there and you work your way through unraveling it, helping her to 
understand the energy fields of it so that she has the choice and the opportunity to let that energy go. That is fascinating. I never really thought about words having that much power. Can you describe to me what a typical session is with you uh, working with a client? Um, I'll start first with a new client because um, a seasoned client, we get right into the meat immediately because they, their body knows exactly what to do. But with a new client, I'll ask them always, even if I already knew why they were calling, I ask them to tell me why they made an appointment, why they're calling, because as they're speaking to me, I'm channeling with my guides and I'm listening for key words. And a key word could be, um, well, I was curious. Well, yeah, of course we're all curious, but why are you curious? So when the key buzzwords start to show up, it then helps me to formulate the first question. And then as I'm energetically looking at them, because all my sessions are phone only, long distance, and it's because I have a better vision that way, I start to see what part of the body is speaking to me, wherever this energy field is trapped or stuck and trying to get out and emerge. Is there a color to it? Is there a sound to it? Is there a smell to it? And the questions just lead into that. And then it starts to turn into an extraction. And then we look at all the key players that are surrounding this situation. So I'll give you an easy example. I do a lot of work with um, organ transplants. So we're looking at the energy fields of the donor. We're looking at the energy fields of everyone in the OR. And we're looking at the energy fields of if a donor became a donor because they were in an accident or something, we're looking at all those players as well because every one of those energy fields actually show up at the session and each one has to individually be addressed and removed or released in order for us to get to whatever the situation is at the bottom of the pan. Okay, so now that you've established the like let's use the example of the the organ transplant you got the donor taken care of you've got the uh the recipient taken care of you got all the doctors taken care of and and i imagine once everybody is in alignment then the the transplant is a success generally in general yes and then of course i i didn't say but then we actually communicate with the exact organ okay yes and there will be a personality and a vibration to the organ. And it is, it is um, very true that if the person was a pleasant person, there's that vibration coming in. And if it's an unpleasant person that happens to be the donor, then we work with that energy field to see if we can help it to transform and work through that organ to the donor to find out what was going on in their life that soured them so that we can help them kind of release that, which then in turn releases the organ. And then one of the biggest things I do with an organ transplant is I really try to stress to the recipient that the organ is a gift and it is lent to them. And they really need to understand all the dynamics of lending because at the end of this lifetime, that Lent is over. 
and we return that organ. So we kind of set up a little prayer that they know um, at the end that that organ is being returned back to the recipient at the end of this lifetime. And we're grateful and thankful for their sacrifice for them. Uh, can you give me an example of a of, of a success story? Something that that really, when you think about it, you're like, wow, this is this is really really cool. All right. So a lot of people aren't aware of. Everyone always thinks it's a kidney, it's a heart, or whatever. But you know, a lot of people are getting implants, and if you don't have enough bone, what do you get? You get a cadaver bone put inside, and then your bone mixes and melts with the cadaver bone in your mouth. Well. A lot of times that bone doesn't take the way it should. And there's a rejection process. There's not correct hardening of the bone. And that just sets the whole thing up for you not to be able to have um, a successful implant for the rest of your lifetime. So dialoguing um, with that helps. I see a lot of that and people obviously are able to eat and chew better. <laughs> I, I've never, I've, I've never really imagined that the uh, implants were actually coming from cadavers. I, I just assumed they were made out of plastic. Well, no, no, no. The, the implant is actually a cadaver. It's the bone. So if you don't have enough bone, it's oh, cadaver bone that's inserted in your jaw. So when your tooth is removed and then they have to use cadaver bone, that's a three to six month process for the bone to complete itself in its journey before they can actually insert the uh, screw and then the actual implant tooth. I see. I see. So this is for someone who's had some real, real uh, right. they, need some right. serious work. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and everyone's situation is different, but um, a lot of times there is not enough bone there for you to have an implant without cadaver bone being injected. Right, right. That would make sense if if you if you've lost your teeth because of uh, ginger, you know, severe gingivitis or right. Ginger, yeah, right. That makes sense. Right. What are some things that you do to keep your vibration at a high level? So I'm um, not just what for your clients, but also for yourself, because I imagine that by doing the work, um, there's a temptation to take on the energy of the person that you're working with. So how do you keep yourself in that high vibration? So. One thing that stuck with me as a child, and I will never forget this, my mother was talking about some ladies at church who were healers, and they would pray for you, and they would take away your illness. And as a kid in my mind, I would say to myself, why are they taking away other people's illness if they're not well, and I'll never forget it, one woman that my mother introduced me to was in a wheelchair and she was sick. And it was like she was being a martyr. She was sacrificing. She was healing all these people, taking their illnesses in church. And so now she's dilapidated. And I was like, why would you do that? Why would you keep this stuff? So I really think it's a, a frame of mind that it's not mine. Um, I do not accept it. I do not allow myself to integrate with it. And I never feel or believe on any level that any healing that takes place is from me. It's always through me. And by that channeling through me, the resource is abundant and forever. And it comes through me. So I'm not depleting myself. I'm always getting 
filled up with whatever's going through me, the white light that's going to them. There's always going to be some left for me too. And in the beginning, before I guess I really had a complete handle on it, that I used to take a lot of Epsom salt baths. And I used to make sure that I dunked my head. Washing your hands is huge. Grounding. I'm big on grounding. I do sometimes groups for grounding and I can ground. I don't care if you're in California or in Australia. I absolutely can ground you, Mm -hmm. but we should do for like a couple of minutes for me to ground anybody who's listening to this. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So you use the word guided and yeah, it is in some sense guided. Um, So if everyone's um, ready and willing, what I want you to do is to sit, take a couple of deep breaths, make sure your feet are flat on the floor. And I want you to ground yourself as best that you know how. And let's just give that a minute. And now everyone feels like they're at the level that they would be. And now I am energetically going to come in and I am now going to ground you. And what you're going to start to feel is a weight. You're going to feel it from the waist down. You're going to start to feel your sacrum being pulled down into a chair. That's it. And you're going to start to feel your legs and your thighs getting a little bit heavier. And some of you might feel yourself swaying back a little bit. And then you're going to start to feel almost like a a weight or a blanket on top of your shoulders. And you're going to start to feel yourself being pushed into your chair, almost like if you wanted to get up, you couldn't. And so we're going to stay right here for a minute. And then I can feel a few people trying to lift up out of that through their sacrum. And I'm going to ground those people back down. And now I'm going to take you a little deeper and we're going to ground a little bit lower. And now you should almost feel like your body's compressing from the chest down into the chair. That's it. And while we're in this state, this is a perfect state to let go of anything that is non-serving to you. So it is an energy field that no longer is useful to you. Every field has a lesson. Once we learn the lesson, the field becomes obsolete. And so we allow it to be transformed into something else, which we don't need to call for at this time. And so now this is a perfect opportunity to allow anything non-serving to ground down and you'll start to feel it go through your feet. So some people's feet will be buzzing, some people's feet will be pins and needles, but you will feel your feet attached to the floor and you are now letting go of whatever is non-serving. 
And if anyone's taken a deep breath or anything, that's your body letting go, releasing. I've taken a big release for a lot of people, letting things go. It's a buildup of energy that kind of just surges out. That's it. And now I'm going to ask you one more time to finish up letting go of anything non-serving to you at this time. And as your body finishes up, you'll start to feel your sacrum lifting up out of the chair. You'll start to feel your upper back relaxing differently and pulling up. And you'll start to feel things almost pulling up from the earth now, instead of going down with non-serving energy, we're now pulling up negative ions from the earth. And when you feel that you're in a good place, you can open your eyes. That was absolutely incredible. I could feel all of that. Excellent. Excellent. Wow. I could feel my feet dragging into the ground and on this in the end when it was when my sacrum was like digging into the chair mm -hmm. and I couldn't. Oh, wow. That was really, really great. I used to when I would teach Reiki and I would tell all the students we're going to learn how to ground and they're all like oh we don't want to learn that we already know how and I'll say well you ground for me and you tell me if you know how to ground and when they would ground I would ground them <laughs> so intensely into the chair they couldn't get up and I'll say now that's really grounding now let it go <laughs> wow well, thank, thank you so much for talking to us today. So can you let everybody know how they can find you and how they can connect with you uh, to perhaps uh, seek out your services? Yes. So energymattersllc.com is my website. And if you Google just Rose Bogus, B-O-G-H-O-S, uh, you'll find me on the internet or my uh, cell phone is 781 820 6163. Fantastic. So thank you very, very much for, for joining us today. And thank you everyone for listening. And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening. For more information about Bill and Nina G, please go to www.vitalbioenergetics.com. See you next time.